Hello everybody, welcome back to my corner of the internet. I'm so grateful that I get to spend some time with you today, and I hope you love the show. I'm Francesca, and this is The View from My Soapbox. I've been thinking a lot about what it means to be healthy. This word gets thrown around in almost every context, held up as the holy grail of our human experience. We're all constantly striving to be healthy, in our minds, our bodies, our relationships, but we can hardly agree on what a healthy state really is. Does it even exist? Is it just an ever-moving target? Or does it boil down to a universal, timeless truth that can offer us profound insight into the human experience and guidance as to how to reach our highest selves? My money's on the latter. I've said this before, but I'd like to remind you that I do not claim to be an expert in any of this. This podcast is not intended to replace mental health treatment. If you think you would benefit from professional help, I encourage you to explore your options and get the help you need. If you've been waiting for a sign, this is it. Rather than your therapist, you should think of me as a companion in this journey, who's very much still learning just like you. I want to initiate these conversations, because one of our many current pandemics is one of mental illness, isolation, and disconnection. And if we're ever to solve this problem, I believe it's got to begin with dialogue. While I'm not a clinical psychologist or medical expert in any sense, dialogue is something I can handle. Back to health. Pause this for a minute and ask yourself, what does health mean to you? I recently asked this question to a number of people, and many of their responses revolved around two ideas which I think are key to health, balance and compassion. The idea of balance as the secret to a good life is one of the oldest in Western philosophy. Aristotle wrote extensively on virtues and what it means to be good and live well, so for our purposes here, I'm going to paraphrase and generalize the shit out of his writing and say that he thought it was all about finding the balance between two extremes. Specifically, what is virtuous or good is what lies between a state of deficiency and a state of excess. Basically, he's your old grandmother who constantly reminds you to take everything in moderation, or he's your toxicologist father who never misses the chance to tell you that the dose makes the poison. TLDR, it's the Goldilocks Principle. If you're interested in learning more or you doubt my knowledge of philosophy, I've included a great resource in the show notes for further reading on Aristotle. It might sound too good to be true, but the reason his ideas have stuck around this long is because they carry a great deal of timeless truth. With almost anything, food, sleep, sex, schoolwork, peanut butter, exercise, partying, spending time with your family, spending time alone, it's almost equally bad to have too much of it as it is to not have enough. Deficiency can starve you. Excess can poison you. So, by this definition, being healthy is about finding the balance between both extremes. This definition, though, kind of falls apart as an actually practical guide to health when you look more closely. You might be left with the question, okay, then what's the perfect balance? And the tricky part of this question is that, With most of those variables I listed above, there is much disagreement, even within the scientific community, over where the perfect balance lies and whether one even exists. Scientific studies can guide us to know certain general truths, like, for example, sleeping three hours every night is a terrible idea, or that social connection and support is a key predictor of satisfaction in life. However, the human experience is so subjective, and with those questions, the answer is almost always, that depends. There are so many factors at play that influence, say, how much food is the right amount for you to eat. These factors include not only how physically active you are and what you eat, but also your culture, how much stress or anxiety is in your life, how much you sleep, 
what medications or drugs you might be taking, and even certain personality traits that influence your relationship with food. The point is that what is enough, air quotes, is highly subjective, individual, and sometimes almost indecipherable from the outside looking in. Medical experts are well poised to estimate what this means for you, and they're often better placed to do this than anyone else, generally even more so than you. But at the end of the day, it doesn't hurt to listen to the biological cues your own body is giving you in addition to the advice of your doctor. So the idea of balance as a guide to health certainly has a lot of philosophical clout, with centuries of thought circling back to it. But it isn't always the most practical guide to living a healthy life, when balance is something you have to constantly hash out for yourself in all areas of your life. The other idea I found generally people gravitated towards was compassion. This resonated with me as well. Disclaimer, you're about to hear a bunch of opinions, so take it all with a grain of salt. I believe that you cannot be healthy in your mind, body, or relationships if you are not practicing compassion towards them each and every day. To me, you don't achieve a healthy body by bullying yourself into working out every day and severely restricting your diet. You don't achieve a healthy mind if you're always bottling up your feelings out of fear of being vulnerable or being hurt, or if you're constantly beating yourself up for being human and having flaws. You will only be healthy when you start being kind. Health, balance, flourishing, it all starts with compassion. When I find myself caught in a cycle of being hard on myself, one mantra that I find helpful and that I like to come back to is, I'm doing my best. Remember that your relationship with yourself is lifelong, and it's one from which you can't really distance yourself. This might sound like a false dichotomy, but I really believe it. You can either be your own best friend or your worst enemy. If you focus on bringing your own thoughts and inner scripts onto your side, that little voice in your head can fall in line with who you want to be and what you want to achieve. This can be done, or at least you can work towards this in a number of ways, but my personal favorite is journaling. Writing down the thoughts you have when you're in the heat of the moment of a strong emotion can help you understand what's actually going through your head in those times. This is central to one of the most effective kinds of therapy, cognitive behavioral therapy. CBT is all about becoming aware of your inaccurate or negative trains of thought to face emotionally challenging situations with more clarity. Journaling and CBT draws awareness to the negative thoughts you're having and to the fact that often those thoughts aren't even true. Our brains don't look for the truth. They look for evidence. That's the secret. I'm going to say that again. Our brains don't look for the truth. They look for evidence. When you tell your brain something via a thought, your brain will go out and look for evidence to support that claim so it can continue having that thought, regardless of whether or not it's true. For example, if you're telling yourself that you're lazy and unmotivated, your brain will focus exclusively on evidence that supports the claim that you're lazy and unmotivated, such as the fact that you slept in this morning, that you're late on an assignment, and that you haven't been to the gym in two months. But your brain isn't telling you that you've had a really busy week at school, and you actually handed in several other assignments on time, that your body needed to sleep this morning, and that there's more to health than going to the gym. Even though there's evidence on both sides, your brain is only paying attention to what supports the thought you're already having. And to make matters worse, your brain has been conditioned to think that way because it's been influenced by internalized criticism and external forces, like misogyny or diet culture. You need to learn to take responsibility for your thoughts and learn to be the fact finder when your brain only wants to play the evidence gatherer. In other words, your brain is a really great, really biased lawyer. You need to learn to play the judge.
<laughs> wow, okay, that was a hell of a tangent, but it's all connected. The point is that self-compassion is integral to having a healthy body and mind. And part of being self-compassionate is not just accepting all the mean, untrue, and unhelpful shit your brain tells you. Self-compassion takes training, and it gets stronger with good practice. It isn't easy, but what makes you think you're entitled to an easy time? So we've talked about balance and compassion as being two things that are integral to a modern understanding of health. But while I love these ideas, I'm not convinced they gave us a holistic, all-encompassing definition of health, nor do they give us really a practical guide to living a healthy life. Balance gives us an ideal to aim for, and compassion gives us a lens through which we should seek well-being. But what does healthy actually mean in all areas of life? You want to know what I think the definition of health is? I think that a healthy system doesn't just never have any problems. Rather, a healthy system is one that can undergo difficulty and recover stronger than before. In a body, health is about the body's ability to recover from illness or injury. Do you see where I'm going with this? Mental health, on the other hand, isn't about never experiencing negative emotions. It's about being able to handle the ups and downs steadily rather than crumbling as soon as you face a setback. A healthy friendship isn't one that knows no bounds. To me, it's actually one that can have boundaries and can respect these without having the depth of connection diminished or squandered. A healthy relationship isn't one where you never have disagreements. It's one where you've mastered the art of rupture and repair. I've put the link to a great video by the School of Life on this in the show notes. It's one where you can undergo conflict in a constructive way, stay anchored in the common goal and vision of what's important, and put the pieces back together without hurting or disrespecting either partner. Now let's look even beyond the scope of an individual life and their relationships. A healthy political landscape isn't one where everybody has the same opinions and values. It's one where people can disagree with each other openly and can work towards a shared vision of what is good for society. A healthy economy isn't one that is always stable and unchanging, but rather it's one that can undergo crises such as pandemics or market crashes, and anomalies such as dangerously bullish markets and exuberance, and return itself to a state of balance without sacrificing the most vulnerable of its members. This is actually what troubles me so much about the state of the world today, at least in the West. By this definition, our political and economic landscape is far from healthy. Politically, we've grown so polarized. Economically, we've historically been ruthless about sacrificing the vulnerable for the sake of growth, consumption, and the continued concentration of wealth. But now we're off on a tangent of opinion. To bring it all back, in a word, health to me is about resilience. It's not about numbers. If you can recover from setbacks stronger than you were before, find the balance between too much and not enough, and do it all with deep self-compassion. Share your secrets because to me, you've achieved a healthy life. Next week, we're talking about diet culture, so buckle up. Until then, thank you so much for tuning in today. If you got something out of today's episode or if it got you thinking, please consider leaving me a review on iTunes and sharing the show with a friend. It really goes a long way in encouraging me to keep shouting into the void. You can also email me at theviewformysoapbox at gmail.com or the title of the show at gmail.com. Until next time, be gentle with yourself, and don't forget to enjoy your life. Bye.